0: Good evening. It is Good Friday in the year 2020. We are unable to meet together because of the coronavirus. I thought I would give you a brief Good Friday meditation. So Let's open with prayer. Dear God, you are great and worthy of praise. We love you because you first loved us and you showed us that love in sending your Son to die for us while we were in rebellion against you. We pray this. We pray asking that you would open our eyes and our ears to the glory of the cross. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've had an opportunity to listen to the Monday Thursday meditation I, I posted last night, you will recall that we looked at John chapter 13, beginning in verse 31. In fact, let me read the first two verses that we covered. It says, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him, God will glorify the Son in Himself, and will glorify Him at once. As we looked at those verses and the the verses that, that come after it, we considered how God has glorified our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And and we briefly unpacked the idea that Jesus is most glorified when His disciples, when we love one another as He has loved us. And we discussed how He showed His love for us in the washing of His disciples' feet, in entering in the dirt and darkness of their world. And we briefly mentioned the other way that Jesus was glorified by God was in his exaltation, was in his being lifted up. And that is what I want us to consider this evening. John chapter 12, the previous chapter, beginning in verse 20 through verse 33, we hear these words. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there. And heard it, said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Throughout the book of John, there are times when Jesus says, my hour is not yet come. We we think most uh, of the the wedding in Galilee, in Cana of Galilee, where they ran out of wine and and Mary, Jesus' mother, comes to Jesus and says, do something about it. And Jesus says, well, it's not my hour. And we see this a couple of other times throughout the past, throughout the book of John. But here, as Philip and Andrew bring these two Gentiles, these Greeks, to visit with Jesus, Jesus' response to Philip and Andrew's bringing them is to say, Now is the time. This is my hour. The hour is at hand. And he goes into this very odd discussion about a kernel of wheat dying so that other seeds may sprout up. So that it may produce seed. He talks about the man who loves his life will lose it, while those who hate this life here on this earth will gain an eternal life. And he talks about his heart being troubled. We see echoes of this, we see other parallel passages of this in other gospels where Jesus is in the garden, he is praying with God. Saying, take this cup from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. And here in John, as he says, my heart is troubled within me. Save me from this hour. He affirms, no, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And God glorifies his name and says that he will glorify it again. And and, and Jesus says that the, the voice was for the benefits of the crowd And then he says something. That talks about how he will be glorified. Verse 32, he says, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. What does he mean when I'm lifted up from the earth? As we mentioned in our Maundy Thursday meditation, there's this view of Christ, of his humiliation and his exaltation. And yet, the road from humiliation, the road from being born of a woman and born under the law to being resurrected and ascended into heaven, where, as the creed says, he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from there he will come to judge the living and the dead. The road between those two states goes through the cross. John sees the cross as much a part of Jesus' exaltation as he does his humiliation. Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth, when I am hanging there upon the cross, I will draw all men to myself. How will he draw all men to himself through the cross? To understand, to answer, we need to look back to Leviticus the middle of the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 16, we have the Day of Atonement. It's important for us to understand the context of the Day of the Atonement. At the end of Exodus, Moses has directed the Israelites and the Israelites have built the tabernacle as God directed. God has ordered the tribes and how they are to live around the tabernacle. And the tabernacle is symbolic of God's presence with his people. But at the end of the book of Exodus, Moses cannot go in. He has to stand outside and talk to God. And there's this question. How can a holy God live in the midst of an unholy people? And then we get the book of Leviticus. And the book of Leviticus begins with some sacrificial systems, with some laws. And then it comes to chapter 16, which is the day of atonement. And in chapter 16, we have a bull sacrificed so the priest might be cleansed. We have two goats chosen and one goat is sacrificed for the sins of the people. And the other goat has the sins confessed and it is taken outside into the wilderness. And at the end of the book of Leviticus, Moses is able to enter the presence of God there must be atonement for people to enter the presence of God. And yet the day of atonement had to be done over and over. It was inadequate for that eternal reconciliation, that eternal atonement that we needed. And so God, from before the foundations of the world, ordained that Jesus would be that perfect sacrifice. He would be the perfect priest who would offer Himself as the sacrifice for our sins. We are an unholy people. Like the Israelites of Moses' day, we rebel against God. We carry our idols. Oftentimes, we are our biggest idol. In our arrogance, in our pride, in our Desire to magnify and to glorify ourselves, we turn our back upon God. And in turning our back upon God, we deserve His judgment. We have His judgment. Jesus said in John 3 that He did not come into the world to judge the world, but so that some might be saved through Him. Why didn't He not come to judge the world? Because the world was already under judgment. But he came so that a few might be saved, so that atonement might be made, so that the blood that was necessary to cover the sins of those who would be atoned and reconciled to God might be shed there on the cross. Many of you are familiar with this story, with the rest of this, as he is betrayed at the garden that night, as he is given a mock trial and and found guilty for no crime as he is sent before Pilate and Herod, both of them uh, unwilling to declare this innocent man innocent, thereby allowing the the religious leaders to use the political system of the Romans to have Jesus executed. And Jesus sees this as part of His glorification. Why are we drawn to Him? Because we know we need a Savior. We know that we are under the judgment of God and we know that there is nothing that we can do on our own to make atonement for that. Were I, by myself, able to shed the blood of all the bulls and goats and sheep in this world, it would not be enough to atone for even my sin. And yet, so that I might be changed from a dead seed to a live seed, Jesus had to be the seed that died so that I might have life. As this Holy Week comes to a close, this Holy Week that has been very difficult and that we've been unable to gather together as the people of God, we've had to make do with electronic services. We feel the weight of the brokenness of our world. As Paul says, even creation groans in anxious anticipation of redemption. Creation is growing loud. Creation is groaning loudly this week, this year. As we consider this, feel the tension. Feel the weight. And know that the seed has died so that we might have life. And the means to life is being drawn to the cross. Is understanding that we must Profess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead. So that we might be saved. Let us pray. Our God and father, we struggle under the weight of our sin. Yet we know that you offer redemption. You offer atonement. And that atonement has been purchased through the cross. Help us to live in the knowledge of reconciliation with You through our belief, through our profession. Lord, help us to be drawn to the cross when we question, when we are weary, and when we falter. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.